0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Uh, joined now by John Gibbs, 3rd District of Michigan congressional candidate. Uh, he has been endorsed by former President Trump. Uh, his website, Gibbs 2 bscom John, good morning. Thanks for joining me.
1: David, good morning. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be able to talk to you after having listened to you uh, so much before. So I really uh, feel like it's an honor to be on, and thanks for having
0: me. Well, great to have you here. And, you know, additionally, someone who has been in the halls of government uh, who has seen uh, how it works, who has you know got the experience in both the public and private sector. Those are things I like to hear in a candidate. Uh, you were there under Secretary Carson at HUD uh, during the Trump administration and more. So let's talk about uh, you and what puts you in the right position to serve the 3rd District of Michigan.
1: Well, David, thanks. I think you really nailed it. Um, I'm one of the few folks out there who actually... Um, has experience in D.C. fighting the swamp directly. Um, I was in our administration, uh, Trump administration, for almost four years. Um, so I've, uh, I've gone head-to-head. I've seen the tricks they use. I've seen how they try to run circles around conservatism. Um, I've seen how they operate, and I think it's really important to have that when trying to go to D.C. because a lot of folks, even if they've got good conservative ideals and they have the right ideology, they don't necessarily have a good grounding in how the folks we are up against operate. And that, of course, is not only the Democrats, that's also, for example, rhinos as well, who can, uh, in most cases, actually be a bigger enemy to you than a Democrat. So I've been there. I've, uh, I've been fighting uh, in my entire 20-year career. Uh, the only time I've ever raised my voice at a meeting and just yelled at someone was actually in the administration um, uh, dealing with some rhinos. And so I know what it's like to, to uh, be there fighting. But at the same time, I'm not a swamp creature. I'm connected to regular folks, uh, the conservative grassroots. That's where my heart is ever since I came over to our side in high school, uh, reading Thomas Sowell and reading Atlas Shrugged and various other books. Um, it's just been something I've been passionate about is uh, standing on the side of our founding fathers, uh, limited governments, what our country is really all about. So I feel like I have the best of both worlds to bring to the table, um, which cannot be said of, for example, my opponent, uh, Peter Meyer, who was very much on the cocktail parties, uh, steak dinners, being liked by the media side and not really connected at all with what the folks in his district wants, who voted for him, and who he unfortunately betrayed by voting to impeach President Trump as his very first vote as a U.S. congressman.
0: Let's look at this, and you know, certainly there are others as well in the in the process running against Peter Meyer. And your point about his vote as a congressman against President Trump during the during the impeachment uh, on the issues in that district what are key issues where else has he failed the district and what would you do differently
1: uh one area where peter meyer has not been very strong is immigration his voting track record has not been great as far as refugees and taking steps to combat illegal immigration that is something that impacts all of our communities Um, of course america historically has been a nation uh that has been formed by immigration so um you know we welcome an orderly process to bring people here and the numbers that we want and the qualifications that we want but uh, we are against a disorderly immigration process is what we have now uh, peter has been much weaker than most republicans in the congress on that so i think that's the way he's betraying the folks who voted for him uh, that's one issue uh, another is the whole issue of uh, critical race theory and education uh, where he really hasn't stepped up and taken a leadership role in this Um, This is an issue affecting everyone, even the heartland of America here in West Michigan. Uh, These school boards and some of the administrators are just trying to steamroll this thing down everyone's throats. It's institutionalized racism. It's a total insult to the legacy of the civil rights movement, and he's been mostly silent on that. So that's a very serious problem. And I would say a third issue is the whole vaccine mandates. The last I checked, we're a free country where an American can decide if you want to take a procedure or not. But forcing people to do this at the workplace or... Uh, to get an airplane if they end up going down that path is really unconscionable. And Peter has not really stepped up uh, and taken a leadership position on that either. So I think those are just a few areas that uh, He's pretty out of step uh, with the folks who put their trust in him and voted for him. And I think we do need leadership there who can uh, represent uh, what the people want.
0: As you said earlier, you, you've you been in there, in D.C., in the swamp. I don't know. I think it's an insult to swamps. Personally, I call it a cesspool <laughs> because nobody wants to go into a cesspool, and the swamp's part of our ecosystem on the planet. But in, in that swamp, one of the big challenges for anyone going into office is The system that exists. And by that, I'm referring to the leadership in the Republican Party, the structure of consultants, the supporters. You know, you add it all in, including the K Street Trail to the White House, to Pennsylvania Avenue, and to Rayburn and Dirksen, the halls of Congress and other buildings. So there's an entire system there that supports its existence. So deals are made uh things are done behind closed doors i mean you know this becomes difficult for anyone going into office with the best of intentions and we've seen this before where those who go in who had the right intentions not just the right words fell into the system how do you stand up against that
1: well i think that's a very important point uh the us government is a giant money machine it sucks in 4 trillion dollars of taxpayers money every year and spits it back out to the various uh, um, folks who are allied with the politicians. So you're exactly right in what you said. Uh, I think that the only real answer there is you have to be willing to pay the price. Um, If you are going to stand up and go against this stuff, uh, you will not be invited to certain parties. You will be attacked by the media. You will have people gossip and spread rumors about you. I know this because I've experienced all of those. CNN has been attacking me since 2018 because they knew I wouldn't go along with the Rhino game plan. I I think that attack came from a rhino within the administration originally. Um, So I know what it's like to be attacked. I've been there and done that, and that's okay with me. I'm willing to do that. Um, Christ said, you know, as Father sent me, so I send you. Uh, There is suffering involved in standing up for what's right. There always has been. Um, And I'm willing to do that, uh, and I'm willing to pay the price for it. Now, does that mean that you, um, you know, cause trouble on purpose? Uh, No. We still need to be uh, smart about things. We need to build alliances. We need to build friendships and coalitions because that's how I think long-term change happens to impact some of the factors you talked about. So we do have to be smart about how we go about things and not go out of our way to cause trouble. Uh, but even a person acting reasonably um, and rationally to stand up for what's right, you will be attacked. And I think in D.C., what I saw being there for four years in the Trump administration is just what you said, David. The majority of Republicans want a comfortable life, a stable life. They want to get a good job when they get out, and they don't want to be attacked by the media. So they will take the easy path like uh, Peter Meyer did in voting to impeach President Trump. But there are many hundreds behind them who do the same thing. Um, They just wanna take the easy way out. And I haven't done that over the past four years in the administration. I've never been a person who does that. So I'll just do what I've always done, stand up for what's right. If they wanna attack me for it, go ahead. Um, I'm willing to pay the price for it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we just have to understand um, this is a fight and in a fight, you're gonna get a bloody nose sometimes, you're gonna get a black eye sometimes and we gotta be okay with that. And I personally have made the decision that I am okay with that.
0: My guest is John Gibbs, Michigan, uh, third congressional district candidate. His website, again, votejohngibbs.com. I want to go to something specific and something we see developing in this country today. And while you were there at HUD under Secretary Carson, uh, community planning and development was one of your key roles. You were acting assistant secretary. Your key points or key areas of concern homelessness and expanding economic activity, uh, uh, opportunity, excuse me. There, economic opportunity right now, with the growing of poverty in certain sectors around America, with the economy and inflation and other factors, we're seeing. You know, real wages being offset by real losses in value of money or lack of value, taxation, cost of basic goods. You know, we see it on TV all the time, bacon, ham and all the other things, eggs, etc. But real factors that lead to greater or at least will lead to closer, closer association with poverty at the poverty level in America. How do you tackle that where we are right now?
1: Well, this is a pretty big problem. Uh, the government is doing things that inhibit growth. Um, they're causing inflation by massive spending and massive money printing. Um, and there is an assumption that if you throw money at a problem, you make it better. Uh, one of the key examples of this, David, as you mentioned, is as an acting assistant secretary, we have the nation's largest homelessness program. And over the past 15 to 20 years, federal and state spending on homelessness has more than doubled. Yet homelessness has only gotten worse. Yet, despite this basic, obvious fact, which is indisputable, uh, you have these politicians in both parties, sadly, who believe that you just got to keep putting more and more money in there in order to solve the problem. Uh, so you get a place like L.A., um, out in California, where they're spending $600,000 per unit on homelessness housing. That's a staggeringly ridiculously high cost. And when you look at the majority of the money spent on that, it goes to the middlemen, such as lawyers, syndicators, underwriters, etc., who are the ones who got the politicians to advocate for this bond measure in the first place so you have this kind of corruption going on and you have this perception among many people who are not well informed that we just keep putting more money into the problem and that's how you solve it you look at the black community unfortunately you know there's been trillions of dollars spent to help uh, underserved communities but uh, there's more broken families than ever and specifically at hud we looked at the home ownership rate quite a bit as a metric to see how folks are doing Well, the black home ownership rate stands at about the same level as the 1960s, despite billions and billions having been spent by HUD since then to improve the housing situation of that community. So it really hasn't worked. Uh, The money spending hasn't worked, uh, but people still tend to believe in it. So that's one of the biggest issues out there is where they're taking the easy way out of just saying, I increased the funding for this program. Therefore, I'm a compassionate person who cares about people, and very few questions are asked after that. So we've got to change that culture of just throwing money at the problem and the second thing i would say david is one of the underlying factors behind economic growth and many other things as well such as crime and education is having strong families if you have a culture where more and more children are not being raised in stable two-parent married families then you're going to have less economic growth over the long term you're going to have more crime more dysfunction in your society because all the studies out there there are so many studies that are falling out of your pocket uh, show that children raised in two-parent married families have better outcomes in in almost every single measurable area uh, compared to children raised in the other arrangement. So I think we've got to turn the ship around and start to uh, make families cool again, so to speak, and make sure that our government is not paying people for broken families, which is what we do now. Um, If you choose to start a family um, as, for example, a single person, you get more money and benefits for every additional child you have. Um, And we have compassion on those folks as well in that situation. But... We can't have a situation where we're paying for broken families. We've got to be doing the opposite and incentivizing whole families, kind of like what the military does. You know, within the military, I did not serve in the military, but within the military they do have a system where married families uh, are prioritized and many other benefits. So I think we've got to learn something from that. So, yeah, David, I would say this, destroying throwing money at problems it causes huge harm, uh, the breakdown of family causes huge harm. Um, we've got to address those two, and I think that will take care of a majority, not necessarily all, but a majority of a lot of the economic issues we're seeing.
0: Yep, certainly will turn the tide as history, data, and statistics have shown. And again, you know, just a kudos to you for the work that you and Ben and everyone did up there, uh, Jaron and the team. You did an amazing job, turned the tide. Uh, I don't know the final numbers, but of over a million people taken off the poverty Roles was a uh, significant improvement for many Americans' lives uh, during your tenure. John, thank you for joining me this morning. Good luck in your race. We'll be keeping a close eye on this. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. John Gibbs, third congressional district candidate uh, in Michigan. His website, votejohngibbs.com. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.